I'm your host, DJ Mitchell, here to go over Monday's five games late of action. Um, I'm going to start by apologizing for uh, mixing up the week. So next week is, or the week we're currently starting, is the All-Star break for the NHL. So we have games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I said I'd be back with a you know extra podcast on Saturday. I got my, my weeks mixed up. Um, we won't have any hockey Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday besides the All-Star game and skills competition. So... It'll give me more time to do a little bit more of a deeper dive bonus content and um, kind of different ways to bet. I, I really think that the best way to, I mean, it's been tips and everything like, like the video says, but I think the best way to talk about this is like, how do you like to bet? What is your risk appetite? How much are you staking? Um, you know, if these answers are, you know, maybe a very traditional smaller amount, your unit size under a hundred, like how could you be betting to maximize the, the expected value of these bats. And the, those are things that I think are, are not touched on enough. Um, some of it will be things that you may have heard elsewhere. And I know there's some really, really smart people out there. I talk about this with football. They talk about it with basketball, but what about hockey? Um, you know, I think that the thing that I've noticed and, and that does get brought up occasionally is that the lines move a lot and they move seemingly at a pretty, I guess, calculated rates, if you will. Like, there's rhyme or reason to them. And I think I'm starting to hone in on some of those ideologies of what it, what is doing it. And um, that's really what I want to cover. So that's going to be coming out next week. I hope um, I will be recording it, kind of breaking it down, but I want to keep it under 10 minutes, you know, try to keep it quick. But for today, we're going to get right into the five games. Um, <clears throat> this is one that I'm betting early uh, Florida at Columbus. Columbus is on a back-to-back they're in Montreal and then coming home back to Columbus to play. I was just in Columbus. I went to the arena. Very nice. Um, but Florida minus 240 kind of seems wrong. Like, I think this is going to be closer to a minus 300. So I'm grabbing it right now at minus 240. Um, they should be bigger favorites here. Columbus is pretty broken. They got the win against the Rangers recently, and they haven't faced off yet against Montreal. But I think if they do lose to Montreal, it's going to drop a lot. Like they probably is going to be closer to like 310, 320 for Florida by the time that game, you know, against Columbus plays. If they win handily against Montreal, which is possible because Montreal is like the worst team in the league, then things could change. Uh, well, we'll see exactly what happens. But even in that last win for Columbus against the Rangers, they kind of got dominated. Um, they really only had like, like 18, 19 shots on goal. Not a great performance overall. And I'm just not betting on this team being much more than that. Like this Rangers team is should have won that game 10 times out of 10. Georgiev was terrible. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not, I have, I have no faith in this Columbus team to score, to really play great goaltending. Like I think Bruce Lincoln's is fine, but yeah, I, I'm pretty much out on them more or less. So I, I'm not interested in really anything on Columbus. Uh, as far as lines are concerned, we do, you know, we have line A with Bjorkstrand and Nyquist. That should probably stick. And then Borachek and, and Bjorkstrand. Um, so line A and, and Jenner, I think I messed that up. So yeah, um, Corpusalo is in net against Montreal on Sunday. So we should expect Merzlingen's back, which is, like I said, a, a minor boost in their direction. But I don't think it's enough for me to think that it actually holds much weight. 
Uh, I'm pretty much out on them. I'm taking Florida here. I think there's a lot of props in play for Florida. They're a very, very good team. They just won an overtime against San Jose on Saturday. They were almost expected six goals in that game, which is a very, very big amount. Sam Reinhardt had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight shots on goal and one missed the net. He almost had a full expected goal and he didn't score and they had five. So yeah, um, I really do think this is a good spot here to look at some shot props between Barkov, Huberdo, and Reinhardt. They seem to be the guys. Ekblad as well. I think they're going to absolutely pepper shots on net. So I'm probably going to take a couple guys on Florida and their shot props within that kind of realm. Um, I think they're going to be somewhat popular in DFS, which makes a lot of sense. But with Toronto being here, it might take away some of the ownership. So I think those are the two teams that are going to be the most targeted and for good reason. I might get a little bit heavier on Florida though, in a six and a half over under, which I think could end up at a seven. <laughs> I really think it might end up being a seven. It's minus minus one thirty right now over six and a half. And I think Florida is real right for a big number here. Uh, I considering the puck line, I definitely think it's in play uh, plus one Oh five minus one and a half. It, it seems fine. So I probably would consider it, but I'm not sure if I'm, if you need to just, I think there's more, fun to be had here than like sweating out Mers Lincoln's having a, a minorly above average game or Florida's goaltending, you know, being terrible, which is done multiple times. Game number two, another one that is a really big underdog in New Jersey going into Toronto. Toronto has been real good. Uh, I have a lot of faith in that team in general. I think that they're just a really freaking good team. They just won seven to four on Saturday against Detroit where uh, yeah, they just dominated um, as far as scoring is concerned. And once the Michael Bunting, you know, hat trick, good for him. But uh, Morazic was pretty bad in net, giving up four. But they just murdered Nadalkovich. Um, makes a lot of sense. I think, again, this is another spot that it's really hard to bet against Toronto. I, I, I'm not going to do it myself. It just doesn't feel like a necessary bet to make here. Uh, if it gets really crazy, I might. But I, I think the line will move towards Toronto a bit more. I'm just not going to bet that at all. I think the over is just better. Over six seems a little bit low. I think this is a, a six and a half. I don't think New Jersey is absolutely God awful, but their goaltending and defense are pretty bad. Now, last game, they held it close, only losing two to one to Carolina. Um, they had Gillies uh, in that or Gillies. I don't honestly know for sure. Uh, I don't think we have any indication that Blackwood will be back. Um so I'm pretty out on the Devils uh, to, to win this one, but I really don't think that there's any reason to take Toronto with, uh, I think it's just, it makes no sense. Like why take such a, like it, it, it's a Monday night game against New Jersey. Like you're going to, like you have to put a ton of money on them to probably get value. They should have Campbell and net who's just the better goalie. He's almost, he's 926 save percentage. Just I'm probably not touching this game at all. It's sort of the way I'm looking at it. Um, I'm going to fade the really expensive Toronto players. Um, just don't need to do it. Uh, it's just, I would rather play Edmonton against Ottawa. I'd rather play Florida against Columbus. So I think this game's going to be a stay away for me. I think the over is in play, but I'm just going to hope it doesn't hit. And that high ends up having somewhat of a unique lineup. Cause I think after that seven spot, uh, people are going to look at the game logs. They're going to play Michael Bunting. They're going to play Austin Matthews. And there's definitely reason to do it, but it's not going to be something that I end up in my lineups. Um, doesn't quite feel necessary. Marner was also on that top line with Bunting and Matthews. Um, so that would be the three man, uh, but Bunting is not the first power play. New Jersey, like I said, they did lose. Um, they had, we had indication that like Hamilton's getting closer, but I'm still not really expecting him to be back here. 
Uh, he has a broken jaw. He skated, but it sounds like it, it, it could have. Honestly, if it happens, wouldn't be completely shocked at 5,700. I think he's definitely in play because he's one of the best fantasy defensemen ever. So it, it's doable, but I'm probably not going to have it. The sneaky upside, I guess, play here is probably Bastion for New Jersey. He had 20 minutes of ice time against Carolina. First power play, he's net front. So there's reason to believe if like, well, A, New Jersey could be like, very, very unowned. Um, Bastion's minimum salary. And if you're giving me a guy getting 20 minutes of ice time, net front presence that seemingly has some rate shots behind him, I think that's definitely worth a play, especially if you're trying to fit in Barkoff, McDavid, Dry Seidel, et cetera. Um, Bastion and Devander Kaner, how are you going to get there? So that's probably the best note from that one. I'm not really interested in too much on New Jersey personally. I just don't think it's a great matchup to target too many props but you could talk me into some jack hughes stuff maybe i have to look into it tomorrow next game vancouver at chicago i I feel like i'm just a little bit higher on vancouver than maybe most uh a lot of they're just kind of showing up well and you know they they've as of recent have played very well i mean they haven't lost a game in regulation other than st louis in since the what the 15th of january so they had like two straight weeks of either winning or losing an ot except for the one game to st louis uh, and they play some good teams. They beat the Jets pretty good. They a heartbreaking overtime one nothing loss to Calgary last time out, who I'm extremely high on. Um, but if Demko's in net, I am definitely going to be planning on taking, um, you know, plus money. Or right now it's minus one hundred five for Vancouver. It just seems like a pretty nice little line there. The over under is five and a half. It looks like it might end up moving to six, which makes sense because both of these teams can be susceptible to giving up goals. But I do like Demko a good bit here. I think he's probably going to end up being my, my goalie in uh, DFS at 7,500. Um, I just think under Bruce Boudreau, this team is a little bit better than meets the eye. They didn't play extremely well in their last game out. Hold on one second. I got it. They were only expected 1.1 goals. The entire team. Like I, like I mentioned earlier, Sam Reiner almost was expected to score, have a goal himself. And the entire team was, well, how many shots on goal did they have? Now, this is... I something I should have had beforehand, but 15 shots on goal against Markstrom. Jesus, that's not going to get it done. Um, so I'm hoping for a bounce back spot here. I, I think I just, like I said, I take them with them going net. I do think that they're not a terrible team is the, probably the easiest way to put it. Um, Chicago's fine. It, it really does feel like a, like a good toss up 50, 50. And I just would rather take the better goalie here who I think Demko is, uh, Chicago's last game with flurry and net. They gave up six to Colorado. They scored four, but yeah, just not that interested um, in, in this Chicago side. The interesting kind of note, uh, Hagel was first line, if you will, with Strom and Kane. And then all of them are first power play with Dabrinkit and Seth Jones. So Hagel is another really good value option. If you end up going the Chicago route, I think he makes it real easy for you to get that four man that I would definitely suggest. Um, so yeah, he had five shots on goal, four shots on goal, four points in his last two games, 3,200 on DraftKings, super duper cheap. And a guy that I, I like I, I mentioned a few shows ago, like that was a guaranteed goal kind of guy. Like I was like, man, like, well, not guaranteed goal, that's boring skate pop, but he was a guy I said for a goal prop and he actually did score. I, I just think he's a little bit of a, maybe a hidden like gem, if you will. Uh, his metrics are super good. A lot of anal- analytics guys love him. So I'm in on him here to, to have another good game. When you're playing with Kane and Strom, that really does help boost your upside. So I'm excited to see what his line ends up being to score. And I think that if there's plus money on Vancouver, I'm going to grab it tomorrow. I think the line could move a little bit to that way. Uh, the fourth game, probably the most, probably the, like the most boring game, I guess, but there's a lot of really cheap DFS. So it's Anaheim at Detroit. Anaheim's been on the East Coast for a long, long time. 
Um, the most expensive player in this game is still a market at 6,900. So there's no one above 7K, which is nice on DraftKings. And I, I do think that if you're playing Detroit and you're getting super contrarian, there's reason enough to do it. Um, the Mestikov was on the top line with Larkin and Raymond. Mestikov and Larkin scored the last game. Bertuzzi had a little bit of time with the top line as well, but the Mestikov mainly stuck there. Not on the first power play, though. It's still Bertuzzi, Larkin, Raymond, Sider, and Therabee. So, yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to probably just fade this game in general. Just not a ton of interest here, but it's cheap and there's value. Um, Anaheim did get some players back. They won two to one in Ottawa. They've done really well on this East Coast trip so far. Um, they returned Henrique to the lineup. Henrique ended up being with Tarek and Zegras. What a weird line. Oh, my God. Um, Raquel, Gesslaff, and Terry was the top line. That line was all power play correlated except for Terry. So two Getzlaff and Raquel, first power play with Zegras, Drysdale, and Comtois. Um, it's kind of a mess in that capacity because, like I said, on a smaller slate, I want to be getting a four-man stack with a ton of upside. I just don't think that's here with this Anaheim team. Um, you're going to have to get real crazy with it, and I'm probably just not going to do it. I think Raquel and Terry make sense together just because they're both really good shooters, but and they're cheap, but I think I'm just going to not do it, um, and, and hopefully it doesn't burn me. Comtois is really cheap as well. Let's look at you. What are the prices? So Terry 56, Raquel 54. Um, and then Comtois, who I mentioned, is on that first power play. Only 2,600, but his line mates are Steele and Robinson. He only ended up with 12 minutes last game. So might be a little bit too thin of a play. Like I mentioned, there's a lot of really good value options. Um, so yeah, this game, not a ton of interest for me. I'm, I'm going to consider, you know, depending on the goalie and net, taking one of the Anaheim goalies. Um, the last game, Gibson was in net. He was phenomenal, as he always is. Uh, 44 saves on 45 shots and the win. So probably getting Stolarez here, and he's fine. I think he's a better goalie than most people give him credit for. He's been pretty good this year, so no problem with it. It might be real contrarian here on this slate. And our last game, Edmonton at Ottawa. Um, this game is 7.30 start time. It's our last game, so it'll be a real early night on Monday night. Uh, Ottawa, like I mentioned, lost to Anaheim two to one, but they had 44, 45 shots on goal. The first power play is a lot different than we're used to because Batherson's out, obviously gets injured by Aaron Dell and Dell was thus suspended. Um, the interesting, most interesting note is Stutzel, uh, 25 minutes of ice time last time with last game with Ennis and the Chuck as the first line, all power play correlated with Shabbat as well. This game is about six and a half over under, and you're talking about guys that are playing 23, 20, and 25 minutes together and incredibly cheap. Like that is real, real enticing to me. Um, NS2800. Um, where is oh, Stutzel's at center now? 5600 Stutzel. I, I like it just fine. I'd probably take his goal prop as well. Um, he actually like had a goal that was taken away from him and, and that and his hat trick against the Sabres. He ended up getting the assist. I had his goal prop. I was not too happy. So he can do me right here. Um, but that line is not going to break the bank at all. Um, who was the other guy that was out? Batherson was out. Norris. Norris was out. That's right. Um, is not expected to return for at least another week. That was as of yesterday. So we're really, really unlikely that he's going to be in. That's why Ottawa is kind of a mess. And I think that's why a lot of people are going to kind of stack up Edmonton. And as I should have probably gotten to right at the start, uh, yeah, Edmonton, uh, minus 190, I already bet it. I think that line is going to move quite a bit. Uh, Ottawa is pretty banged up, but I do think that this game ends up having a really nice chance to have a nice goal total with the goaltending not being great. So 
Um, minus 190 Edmonton, I'm taking all day, even though it's on the road. Uh, I should have probably said it before. Anaheim minus 105. I also like that just fine, but I'm not betting it as I kind of alluded to. I think the uh, Edmonton minus 190, Vancouver at plus money, and Florida are my three favorites on the entire slate as far as money lines are concerned. I consider the Florida puck line as well. And then I think the over-under in that Edmonton game is pretty sound at even money at six and a half. Seems good. Uh, and then it's probably probably my four favorites. I don't think there's anything else too crazy. I think people are going to hammer on that over for the Toronto game as well. And it makes sense. But minus 120, I'd almost rather just wait to look at the six and a half and then bet it just to get more of an edge. I think that game, if it kind of blows open, it blows open. And then, you know, then you're just going to get more plus money on it. So, yeah, that's probably the way I'm going about this slate in general. Um, the last, last, last note on Edmonton freaking probably should have let off the whole show with it. Evander Kane up with McDavid. He scored in his first game. He was supposed to be on the first power play, but wasn't. Um, not really sure what happened there that coach said he was going to be, but then didn't. He actually led them or was tied in the lead for minutes with 18 for forwards. It was a seven to two win though. So they didn't really need to run McDavid and try to settle into the ground. They just murdered Montreal as expected. Uh, yeah, this Edmonton team is back on track. They have pretty much everyone. As long as goaltending isn't terrible, which it, it could be, this team is, I think, going to be a wagon real soon to get, get in on. Uh, Evander Kane, McDavid, one line, Paul Yarvey, Drysdale, second line, and then Hyman, Nugent Hopkins on a third line. I mean, it's a really good team. I think minus 190 is criminal. So I bet it now. I think that's going to end up getting closer to the 230 range. Um, seems like a really, really good bet. And Evander Kane to score. I was in Ohio, so I couldn't bet it, but I told people, yep, that's a good one. And of course it hits. Couldn't bet it. So <laughs> uh, the first power play, Dreisaitl, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Pugliarvi, and Bouchard. So uh, that's the way that went down. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I Again, number one thing on this slate for DraftKings is as far as making a lineup, I'm getting four guys from one team in a lineup. That's a minimum on a five-game slate for me. Uh, well, I, I think you could do a three. I think you could do a three. You could talk me into it, but... I'm probably going to just be building through four-man stacks, um, which is why I'm looking for the most correlated ones because goals are pretty random. So even if a team loses, their first line could still be in a winning lineup. Like They don't need to win the game for that to work out. That's why I think this Ottawa one is a bit unique. Like They end up scoring three goals and losing you know, five to three. I could have McDavid Kane on the other side here and really maximize the potential of that game being the one that has the most pieces in the game-winning lineup. Um, I don't think it's going to be unforeseen that that happens a lot, but that's kind of the beginning strategy that I'm, I'm working with. And then, yeah, although that being said, I'll have a bonus episode coming out. A lot of talk on, like I now talking on every show, like this line moving here, why, um, what I'm seeing and, you know, kind of the principle behind it, which again, I'm not the first to ever mention it. It's not like I'm breaking ground, but I'm excited to kind of get more content out there. Cause I feel like a lot of people, that I've talked to this about just have been like, man, this actually seems pretty logical. Um, if you're betting hundreds of thousands of dollars, you can't bet the line as early <laughs> as, as I would with my you know, $25, $30, $50 bets that I'm placing on most nights. So if you're, if you're that high stakes, I'm sorry, but all right, I'll let you go long enough on five games and I will talk to you soon. Probably not till next Monday for a coverage of a slate. Mm-hmm.